You're listening to WNHH Community Radio 103.5 FM. This is The Table Underground, and I'm your host, Tegan Engel. We're digging deep into stories of food, race, radical love, and creative social justice. Today's show is with ice cream entrepreneur Netta Hadari. In addition to his work as a teacher, a classical musician, and a parent, Netta has become obsessed with ice cream, and I mean this in the best possible way. I met Netta about six months ago in the depths of winter when he was testing out recipes for his 100% real ingredient ice cream, and he invited me over to do some taste testing for his new business. I happily joined him to geek out on ice cream and talk in ridiculous detail about each recipe and flavor, as well as the complications of opening a food business. In the first half of today's show, you'll hear a few clips of that conversation where we're at Netta's house talking, tasting, and even checking out his new commercial machine in the basement. In the second half of the show, I visited him again in June, just after he launched his business, to check back in and see how things were going. To start off today, I asked Netta to tell me a little bit about his music and teaching work and how ice cream fits into it all. Did you help run Music Haven or you were part of Yeah, I, I mean, I was at the very beginning. Uh, Tina, my wife, really founded Music Haven. And I saw her staying up till all hours of the, of the morning, really. Right. And so the intention of Music Haven was to try to get kids in the inner city who don't actually have access to learning how to play instruments and music right. and, and creating a program that... Mm-hmm. Access to music, but also access to uh, world-class musicians to mentor them. Mm. So it's a, it would be a string quartet that is anchored to the most underserved neighborhoods of New Haven. Mm. So it's not that we're practicing any kind of outreach, but mm-hmm. we're actually in... In, in my uh, Tina calls it in reach. Mm-hmm. in reach because you're in the neighborhoods you're in the neighborhoods you're right. you are teaching you're performing in the neighborhoods mm-hmm. uh, people get to know you and it was a, it was a fantastic program uh, very very successful and uh, that's that's it <laughs> yeah. so so I think the thing that intrigues me and that I'm constantly struggling with in my life is doing work like that is so meaningful right like you feel like there are these enormous injustices. Well, I'll speak for myself. Like yeah. I feel like there are these enormous injustices in the world mm-hmm. and there's like systems that put all these things in place, right? That have kept people oppressed and kept people from having opportunities to have full, meaningful lives mm-hmm. and fair opportunities in the world. And um, people, many people who care about, you know, are aware of those injustices and want to do something about it, get into the line of work that you guys are in. Like yeah. let's, our passion is music. We're going to use our passion to try to address some of these unfair things in the world and try to create opportunities and do it in a respectful, meaningful way, right? Not like, as you're saying, in reach. Like there was an awareness that it's not about pulling kids out of their neighborhood and saying where you're from is bad. You have to come out to do something different and mm-hmm. saying here's this beautiful thing that can enhance your life. Your life. And if, if it speaks to you, then join us and, and we will support you in doing that. And so I my understanding of what you guys were doing was doing it in this like respectful, meaningful way. And I go from that in my own life, I go from doing that kind of work and I'm like, but I really love making ice cream <laughs> <laughs> or making sweets and kind of on like a, on a spiritual kind of um, human 
equity justice levels as somebody who like is aware of those things and cares about those things like how do you deal with that with yourself like now I'm making ice cream like does this matter or or is the fact that it's a treat and special like also important like what how do you deal with that sort of conflict I am a person who has a lot of interests and trying to pace my life to fulfill those interests and I also have two children and my family is my priority mm. always 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 but I I have a lot of, I have a lot of itches to scratch as well mm -hmm. so uh, I'm still you know with my wife and I still teaching in in Waterbury mm -hmm. it's a Underserved, underserved neighborhoods, uh, but we're in a very fortunate uh, environment where it's a very supportive school mm. for all these children. We have a program where we see every child every day from first to fourth grade. Wow. Well, Monday to Thursday, 151 children every day. Wow. So we see every, every kid every day for strings, van, viola, cello, and it's compulsory for every student to play. So it's the first year of the program, so it's an, it's an interesting journey. Yeah. So we still have that that balance of social justice, I think, but it's not not that. I think that we we feel very strongly that every child should have an opportunity to have that, mm -hmm. and why should they have it with why should well why should they not have it with a an international touring musician? Mm -hmm. you no, know, or someone who has a grad school from one of the top grad degree from one of the top conservatories. Mm -hmm. Why should it not be that? Yeah. And you know we are those people, so uh, we feel very fortunate to be in that environment. Mm -hmm. But uh, ice cream. Let's think about it <laughs> again. Yeah. Let's think about it again. So I. I I have an entrepreneurial streak in me. I, I produced an app with my friend uh, last year, two years ago, and uh, that really wasn't my thing. I don't think it was a great, great. The app was a great idea, and it was fun creating it with my best friend. Uh, but this ice cream is more, more my style. Yeah, more my style. It's uh, I'm the brand. I like being with people. I don't really like being about around computers. Uh, and uh, I want to try to bootstrap it as much as I can at the beginning, and see how far it goes. Yeah, I think but, it's I think it's good to start with where your passion is, you know, and then you figure out along the way are there places where you can change and compromise that feel okay, that that the balance of like right. work and time and money and product quality, right. and I think that's what the process that you're going through is figuring out kind of. Where, where are those lines for yourself? And that will then determine for you, like, how do you move forward? So. Right. I also want to create ice cream that I really believe in. I feel as though I just want to create some small batch ice cream, go to events in Connecticut yeah. and sell it. Um, I think that the flavors and the texture are, should be good enough that you just will have a little scoop of it. You're not going to eat five scoops of my ice cream in one shot. Right. Because you just could, I think, want, want to linger on, on each bite uh, if, if that's, if I really succeed, if I succeed in doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
you know, what what is real ice cream? That's the company. Yeah, I want people to feel that what is uh, question the why what is real for them as well. So I, I have a little chef statement. <laughs> Do you want to read it? Sure. Yeah, I'll read it. It's it. been a while since I looked at this. Let's take a while. Let's take a look. Do you ever wonder what is real? For me, real is a moment of intimate connection with close friends, family, and sometimes complete strangers. Real is laughter, genuine laughter that leaves me gasping for air. Real is watching children explore life with endless fascination. Real is when beauty and excellence are created from the frustrations and hard work of many trials. What is real? Ice cream. Beautiful, handmade ice cream from me to you without any artificial anything that may bring us closer to create more moments of real. Hmm, that's beautiful. So uh, that's really how I felt about it. And I, I remember coming home one day and from work, something, I don't remember even what, yeah. what it was. I was questioning, well, what is, what is real to me? And mm -hmm. those, those things came up. And that's when the brand happened. Yeah, so how long have you been working on the ice cream? Maybe six to nine months. Mm -hmm. Maybe a year. I've slipped on these steps. My machine. Beautiful. Six quarts at a time, theoretically. <laughs> it's in uh, it's in Emory Thompson. It's made in the USA. So you got this from a, a restaurant that was closing, or a I ice did cream ice cream shop that was closing uh, in New York. I got my buddy, and I think it's about three hundred pounds. I had, I needed somebody else to get it down here. Get it with get yeah. It. Have you used it yet? Are you using it I've, to freeze this ice cream? Or? I've used it a few times, but um, my recipes are not stable enough to handle the revolutions per minute mm. or something. Um, yeah. I've been getting fat globules separating. Hmm. Okay. Like little bits of butter. Right. And I think that what the issue is that I don't have enough solids in my recipes. Hmm. Uh, I think in terms of like eggs in it or just the milk fat? The, eggs, the but fat also content? the skim milk powder, fat content versus water content right. versus solids. So whatever is happening, it, the recipe is separating. Hmm. And the more I've, I read about it, the more this ice cream business is a complete science. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very uh, fine science, actually, of balancing your yeah. solids with the water content with emulsifiers with with yeah. all of that yeah and i'm trying not to use any uh, artificial stabilizers right let's start with this ice cream is, this is beautiful and first we're going to try salty vanilla okay so vanilla is the number one flavor that people eat in the country mm -hmm. and i wanted my vanilla to really stand out i want to be oh my different. god it's so good i want it to be different um whether I can sell this vanilla, people say, like, no, it tastes more like caramel. But um, people say this salty vanilla will, will go. Mm -hmm. And I, you, have to, delicious. you have to prime people, I think, for the flavors. So this is your strawberry. strawberry samba right now is, is the working title. 
Take a test. Very bright strawberry taste. Oh, good. Very fresh, fresh tasting. Good. Yeah. I've had a few tastings in my house. Yeah. Uh, when I first started out, when I was creating vanilla, I just took four very different recipes from the internet mm -hmm. and gave everybody a taste test of all those four. And I learned that you just can't, can't satisfy everybody. Right. People like different flavors, uh, different textures, even the very icy vanilla. People said, oh, this reminds me of when I was five. Right. And we used to go to my grandparents' place. Yeah. And we used to make vanilla outside in the backyard with the rock with salt. With the rock salt, yeah. With the rock salt. <laughs> so they like, they like that. Mm -hmm. But I went and... The strawberry, the fruit flavors having problems with ice. Yeah. So because the, the water content, the, the water fruit. content yeah. of the fruit. Well, I, I, I roast the strawberries now. You roast them. I roast them oh, with okay. sugar and balsamic vinegar. Uh -huh. It just it maybe just enhances yeah. the flavor or something. Yeah. But I've ne never managed to get a strawberry that that's full of flavor. Yeah. As this one. Yeah. And you know those two flavors that you 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 tasted, I really believe in those flavors. Yeah. Um, and the, and well, they were very hard fought. Yeah. And have many, 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 many iterations. Yeah. Of of those particular flavors, and I had a taste tasting a month ago with three of my flavors, and I it didn't go well. You know, I think people really like the ice cream because people like ice cream. Yeah. But I was un I was very unhappy about it. What were you unhappy about? The consistency, the texture. Uh, the consistency in the from scoop to scoop and pint to pint that I had, I was unhappy that I I had a new machine I couldn't really use it. The, machi the, the machine, the commercial machine, the commercial machine. Yeah, uh, I was just you know just made a bunch of batches in my Cuisinart machine just to just to make it to the tasting. Right. And yeah, that's, that's I was I was not happy presenting that ice cream. Yeah. But I'm happy presenting those two. Yeah. Now. They were great. Oh, great. They were great. I mean, the texture was good. The flavor was good. good. Like, they were a little different, you know, which is good. great. And, um, yeah, no, I think those were exceptional. Oh, excellent. Absolutely. Excellent. Cool. Absolutely. So, um, I'm just um, ready to do more. Hi, Netta. Hi, Tegan. Nice to see you again. Thanks for coming over. Yeah. So last time I was here, we were down in your basement checking out your ice cream machine <laughs> and tasting some of your ice cream, some that you thought were great, some that you were still working on. Uh -huh. And that was a number of months ago. And since then, you have, you have launched your business. Indeed. So tell me again the name of your ice cream business. So the name of the business is What is Real Ice Cream? And why do you call it that? Well, first of all, there are no artificial ingredients in the ice cream. The milk, cream, and the eggs are sourced locally from Connecticut farms. And I don't have any stabilizers in There's the no, like, ice cream. There's no guar gum and all that There's stuff. no guar gum. It's a, it, there are delicious ice creams that have stabilizers in them. It's just a choice that I made uh, to see if I could do it. Yeah. Ice cream, I think, is inherently an unstable product. And the stabilizers make it a little bit more stable. And I'm finding out the pitfalls <laughs> of not using stabilizers. Which are what? What are you finding? Well, in my big batch freezer, for instance, uh, make the ice cream. It, the ice cream doesn't last as long in the, in, the, in the machine. It turns into butter. 
Ah. Pretty quickly. Because it's churning. It's going around and around. Exactly. And so you have to stop it right before it goes from being perfectly creamy frozen exactly. to turning into butter. <laughs> exactly. So okay. I don't think I'm able to get as much air in the, into the ice cream as I would like. Okay. But that's a compromise I have to make. And I'm still trying to figure out whether um, it's a question of ingredients, whether I need to... Uh, I definitely should be using homogenized cream and milk. Right. But again, that's, that's a choice that I'm making right now. And I will try larger batches with homogenized cream and milk. Hopefully, we'll be able to source that still from Connecticut farms. Mm -hmm. So that's an issue. And there's actually zero room for error. There's, there's zero room. You're have you lost some batches? I have thrown out so much ice oh cream into the toilet. It's, it makes <laughs> oh. my heart bleed oh, every goodness. time <laughs> and you were having these problems of having like little fat globules in your in your ice cream when you first started freezing it in the commercial freezer versus right. your small household one so how did you overcome that so i discovered through number uh, some research and talking to people online that that's actually the butter so that was it starting to turn to it's butter turning to, turning to butter okay and becomes grainy and has little fat globules in it so i just had to churn it for less time okay for less time so it's enough time that it becomes ice cream but not enough time that it becomes uh that has a lot of a lot of air in the ice cream right and so i would say that it ends up being beautifully creamy yeah uh but it's just a question of volume so i think i could probably get more volume out of I see. out of the ice cream if i churn it for longer okay but you but know. you have you have managed. I saw you out on I've the street managed, at your, at your first managed. event. You had a beautiful cart. You were parked outside of the Thank Ordinary you. on Chapel Street. Yeah. And I know that the Ordinary is partnership with Casius Business, and they really right. support using a lot of local local ingredients, both at the Ordinary Bar as well as Casius Restaurant and and all their extended businesses. Um, Tell me how that first day went. You had I tasted your ice cream. There were n no butter. It was delicious, delicious ice cream. How Thank did it you. go on the first day? I went really well. Uh, if the weather had been better, it would have been even better. Yeah. But for the first night, first time out, it was wonderful experience to be out on the street, have people um, talk about the ice cream, taste the ice cream, but also compare the ice cream to other, other ice creams in New Haven. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm happy to say that I was favorably compared which was which was nice to hear yeah uh, and you were parked sort of right in the middle of a little ice cream alley you had right you had arethusa <laughs> new uh farm based right. ice cream right up the street ashley's around the corner so right. and shake shack custard right, right on your other side so you're sort of in a little ice cream alley there indeed i had some uh, shake shack <laughs> employees come out and and taste the ice cream too which was yeah. nice and what were some of the flavors that you had that day I had uh, vanilla, banana, strawberry, and I had a limited amount of dosa de leche. Mm -hmm. And Which that, was great. that sold out that very was so good. That sold out really quickly. Yeah. So far, so good. I've been out on the street uh, at Elm and Hill House, mm -hmm. where some other food trucks are parked, mm -hmm. and just building a reputation. Yesterday, I, I arrived, and there was somebody waiting for me. That's so exciting. It was very exciting. <laughs> somebody I didn't know, and they, her, she said her boss said that she needed to to Try have some ice, ice cream. cream and she was in I just told her can you give me 10 minutes and I'll set up and she said sure I'll wait yeah so if people are looking for you tell us what your what your setup looks like so um I have a tricycle icicle tricycle and a it's like a tricycle with a big cooler a big exactly. white cooler on it big, mm -hmm. big cooler um I believe in recycling so I have a recycling bin next to the tricycle 
have a big blue umbrella up on top and you'll see me out there. I make it and I serve it. And if you want to track me down, you can track me down on Instagram and Facebook. It's uh, what is real underscore ice cream. And to get to this point, so when I first interviewed you, yes. you were churning ice cream in your basement yes. which we know you can't churn ice cream in your basement and sell it to the public cannot so do that you had to find a commercial location uh-huh. and set up a bunch of other things to get this really launched as a real valid business so can you tell me a little bit about that process and what some of the some of the successes some of the challenges were for you so finding a space was a challenge for a few reasons so i this was a production space production space to make your ice cream so it have to either find a shared commercial kitchen space, which there are a limited number of those around New Haven, or to rent space from a current establishment. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to say that I'm, I'm re- currently renting from a local, uh, local place, mm-hmm. and I go in after hours and I churn ice cream. I so you go in at night, they're using the kitchen during the day and you, yes. you go in at night. So it's great, I, I need that quiet just to concentrate because there's no room for error to make when you make ice cream. Right. Z- zero, you can't. You can't mess it up. You can't mess it up. You can't mess it up. And how many places did you try to find, how many different businesses did you talk to roughly to try to find a kitchen space? I would say I had leads on about five. Um, kitchens before five I found kitchens one. Five kitchens before I found one. And it just happened to, uh, I just was walking down the street and I sa- thought, let's try this place. Mm-hmm. And I walked in, the owner was there, and it worked out. The owner took a risk with me, and so far it's working out very well. That's great. So you brought in your machine that you purchased, your commercial machine, your renting space to keep it there. And do they have a lot of freezer space, or do you have to rent additional freezer space somewhere? They had some freezer space, which they don't really use. Oh, okay. So it works out really well. It's a very uh, flexible arrangement. And if this if there's not enough freezer space, I, I move things. If there's not enough fridge space, I move things. They move my stuff. It's it works very well so far. Yeah. So on top of having an ice cream business, you're also a full time music teacher. Yes. How is this working for you? Uh, I don't see it working during the school year, but now that I have a vacation, it's it's working out really well. Okay. And. Anyway, during the school year, it'll become fall and winter when people are not going to be eating ice cream anyway. Right. So you're thinking just kind of running this during the summer months? I'm thinking during summer, early fall, uh, maybe on the weekends. I'm hoping to pick up some private events. Mm-hmm. That's really where I want to be. You know, weddings, uh, bar mitzvahs, other events that people want, you know, local handmade ice cream. Mm-hmm. And what I also want to be doing is uh, doing private tastings. So you have dinner, and you invite me over for, for dessert. I bring in some pints. Maybe you have a, an input about some flavor. You know, I really want mint chocolate chip. Mm-hmm. I've never made mint chocolate chip, <laughs> but I'm happy to go to make mint chocolate chip for you, and that, that pushes me to create something beautiful mm-hmm. that I would not have created. And you think this is sort of the angle for this business, maybe because it's because the ice cream doesn't necessarily hold up in the freezer as long or because it's like kind of more high-end ice cream that has more of a niche market is that sort of what you're thinking i think so Mm -hmm. i think so it's at the end of the day people are going to choose to eat my ice cream or go to mr softy or to go to ashley's or arethusa 
right. or go to Carvel. So they're going to make that. They're going to make that choice. Yeah. And how is it working? Because it's also being sold at the ordinary as part of their menu in the restaurant in the bar. Do you think that works well? I think all collaborations are experimental and need to be tried out, and not just tried out once unless it really bombs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they had something delicious on the menu, right? It, how? What? What did they make? It was incredible. <laughs> so first of all, they made uh, cocktails based off of the ice creams. Okay. And then they made donuts, and they griddled the donuts, and had some of my vanilla ice cream in, in the middle. Inside the donut. Inside the donut. Wow. While it was griddled, or they griddled it, they griddled split it, it open. And split open. It was so an insanely was amazing in, ice cream it sandwich. It was incredible. I was reading it's something most, one of the most delicious things I've ever had. And do they have it regularly on the menu now, or is this special? No. Time? So uh, right now I can't do wholesale. Okay. So I would have to be out there scooping ice cream. So when they needed some ice cream, they would come out and I would scoop some ice cream for them. Okay. And then they would put it on and the And why can't you do wholesale right now? Uh, I would have, to, according to the regulations in Connecticut, anything when you cook. So I, I make a custard. I cook the eggs with the milk and the cream. And the eggs might be pasteurized and the milk and the cream might be pasteurized. But when you heat it, you have to repasteurize it, right? And to do that, to do legally, to do that legally, you need like a twenty thousand dollar piece of equipment right. pasteurizer, right? And there are already a few establishments in New Haven who want to purchase my ice cream. I've, I've spoken to a few. I, I, I give tastings, and they say, "Well, I really want to buy this. Where can I get this?" Mm -hmm. So I, I can't sell it to you. So why? This has always been a mystery to me with ice cream that I, I sort of feel like we need to get a, a mass ice cream lobby to change this health department rule because yeah. it, why is it okay to make it the way you're making it? Every yeah. restaurant that makes ice cream does it the way you're make, doing it. They cook a custard on the stove and they pour, chill it and pour it in an ice cream machine. Right. And it's legal to right. do that and serve it to the public. Right. So what's the distinction between that and what's the, do you know what the... Uh, what the logic is to do that for individual sale versus for wholesale? I, I don't, but th those are the regulations, yeah. and uh, I have to I have to stick to them right now. You know, right. I, <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that in the, in the future, you know, if my business were to to grow and have enough demand wholesale, then I would have to purchase a pasteurizer, and then I'd be able to sustain the business year year round. Yeah, if I have a few establishments that are willing to to buy it then that works really well right that works well for me that works well for them yeah and it works well for local food mm -hmm. maybe there's somebody else who would want to use your pasteurizer because i know a few people who wanted to start ice cream that's businesses, and that piece of idea. equipment was the was the barrier yeah. so and just to be clear that I, I actually do technically pasteurize my mix right it goes up it goes to 160 degrees fahrenheit for five minutes yep uh, i make sure with a thermometer so Technically, my mix is pasteurized. Right. But it... And everything is pre-pasteurized. So yeah. here on the counter, you have some of your ice creams. I do. Can we taste a little bit? Yeah, let's do some experiments first. I'm going to okay. give you this one. It's now kind of it's a little bit... A little melted. Melted. But try that first. Tell me what flavor you think that is. Hmm. It has like an almondy taste, maybe? Okay, good. Like that but idea. also vanilla. Let's see. Pistachio? Nice. Okay, good. <laughs> Are they both pistachio? They're both pistachio. Okay. The, pistachio the a first pistachio one was B. very melted, so I could taste it somehow a little better in the second one. 
what's the difference between pistachio A and B? Uh, it's just a question of, of sugar and... Can I taste... What was the first yeah, one I, that I tasted? Let's try this one. I think this was the first one. That one is sweeter, yeah? It's a question of sugar. I like the second one. The second one? Yeah, the first one's a little too sweet for me. Yeah. So uh, I really love pistachio ice cream. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really challenging to make without yeah. its tasting... It's the same challenge a banana has. Either tastes too artificial or too sweet... And no one really knows what pistachio ice cream tastes like until when I went to <laughs> when I, I went to Firenze and there was a little gelato place in, well, in Italy. All, in Italy mm-hmm. And it had this pistachio ice cream that was had this finish the salt finish at the very mm. end. So I've always been trying to recreate that yeah. in an how am- American you, style. How are you actually making you know, most pistachio anything, sweet things are yeah. made with like a commercially produced pistachio paste or flavoring so how i know you're not using that so how are you making your pistachio ice cream so i'm making my own paste basically so i'm grinding the pistachios in a a coffee grinder Mm -hmm. and uh, adding sugar and some water some Mm -hmm. salt and that's my paste that i add to my base which i'm now having to adjust a little bit because of the sugar content. Right. Because you already had sugar in your base, and then you're using the sugar to help grind right. the nuts because it helps it get finer when you grind it with the sugar. Right. So are you letting the pistachio paste kind of cook in the in the milk at all, or you're just adding the paste to your custard base? I'm letting it uh, cook in there. But the, I think what I'll try to do next is I try, actually will try to sieve it out. Mm-hmm. It's fine enough that it's it's nice in the ice cream that it won't be yeah. just soggy. Yeah. But I think I I will, will want to try just to sieve it out just to get because there's a little bit of bitterness that's coming out probably from the skins. Hmm. I thought it tasted good. Oh. But yeah. Okay. Good. I, but I, I do for think me, one there's of them a, was too sweet. There's a kind of a pine nut taste to it. So, what's so this is here? coffee ice cream, and the coffee I sourced from the coffee peddler on State Street. Hmm. Texture is amazing. So with it's the delicious with the coffee do you have little coffee we, grinds in it? Yeah, I left that, left that I in there. I love coffee grinds in my Oh, ice you cream. do. Okay. I used to put really finely like a spes- espresso grind actually as a topping on my coffee. Oh, okay. And I always thought if I ever had an ice cream shop that I would make something and call it like either call it coffee grinds or mud pie or something and actually put the fine espresso powder on it. It's delicious. So it's, it's a, it was a happy accident that uh, I was sieving out all of the coffee grounds and the sieve fell into the... <laughs> <laughs> the sieve fell into the ice cream. Yeah. I said, okay, the hell with it. It'll add a little bit more texture. Yeah. So once I actually you know, made it into ice cream at home, I thought, oh, this is actually okay. This is actually adds a little bit of texture and, and I, when, when, when people are eating it, they like the grounds. Yeah, I like it. In there. Yeah, and great. this was a very surprising that kind of a nailed it the very first time I tried it. Mm-hmm. The the coffee brought out much more sugar in the ice cream, hmm. so I had to cut the sugar down. I did fifty percent, not enough. Yeah, seventy five percent, just right. Yeah, and most people have no idea how much detailed work goes into making one recipe for ice cream or anything else so right (laughs) and you you are particularly careful in how you do this and and paying attention to such nuance so yeah but it was it was interesting is because you it's it's all 
it's all a balance between texture and taste. Mm-hmm. Texture and taste. You can add more sugar and it comes out so creamy and delicious. Yeah, that one is And perfect. scoopable. Yeah. Scoopable, but it's too sweet. Yeah. So you cut the sugar down and then you get, start, it becomes a little bit icier and more difficult to scoop. So you got to find the balance yeah. between all these ice creams. So this is my experiment. Uh, I think 30 plus experiments. All right, so this is a beautiful chocolate ice cream. I'm taking <laughs> a little scoop here. Let's see how it is. Mm. Oh, my goodness. It's, like, fudgy. Right. I love that it kind of has a chocolate pudding taste to it. And mm. it's dark without being bitter. And it's sweet, but it's not – it's mostly chocolate. Like, it's not overly sweet. Yeah. Are you happy with this chocolate? Yeah, now that I'm eating it now, I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad that it's going through different – flavors in my mouth mm-hmm. as well yeah i'm just concerned about the scoopability i think it's fine now because when it's when it's really frozen when it's really it's frozen hard. it's too hard mm-hmm. because it's it's the the issue with chocolate is if you put in real chocolate as soon as it gets cold it just hardens mm-hmm. yeah so you can again counter with sugar it comes too sweet you can counter with more egg yolks and you could do it that way. Yeah. So this is a few more egg yolks and actually more cocoa powder. Yeah. I think it's delicious. It's great. Okay, so you just got your ice cream back in the freezer and you pulled out these beautiful candied <laughs> pecans. <laughs> right. So uh, we were talking about the, the private tastings earlier that when somebody requests a flavor from me and then pushes me to make one. So my friend had his 40th birthday and he loves butter pecan ice cream. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to create butter pecan ice cream for him. So these are just the pecans that I roasted and candied. And I put some mm, cu- curry powder in there. Yeah. So that's kind of the extra interest mm-hmm. in this ice cream. Delicious. So you're chopping those up and putting them in your base. And do you put any curry in the base or it's just on the nuts? It's going to be just in the nuts. The base itself is... When I was doing research about butter pecan, it's basically the base with brown sugar mm-hmm. instead of white sugar. Right. I think we tasted that last time. The butter pecan? Yeah. I think oh, so. yeah, maybe, yeah. It was delicious. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. So I had these nuts f- many, many years ago at a fundraiser, and I asked th- my friend for the recipe, and she sent me the recipe because mm-hmm. I remembered the curry. Yeah. So I was excited about that. That's great. <laughs> so. I think I had mentioned one of the struggles for me is is with cooking is that especially doing if you kind of get into fancy cooking or like, you know, fine ingredients and things like that is that when you're also looking at what's going on in the world and wanting to do something that feels Mm -hmm. meaningful in the world and working on the injustices in the world, the contradiction between like fancy ice cream or fancy cooking and doing something that feels meaningful and important for me is always this internal conflict that I that I feel all the time that I'm always trying to find a balance with and I'd love to hear from you now like you're further along in this business and in your work does is that something that that you think about and and that resonates for you and kind of how does that show up in your life and your choices yes that's that's a really great question so being a musician classical musician I feel as though the progress was always over months and years. The same thing with teaching, the progress over months and years, and sometimes you don't know the impact you have on a student after 
many, many, many years. I still have students who contact me when I have, haven't taught for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And they contact me and they, we have a connection. They, they s- tell me how meaningful the lessons were and the time we had together. And I would not have known that otherwise. Here with the ice cream, I feel as though it's this, I'm doing the same thing, but there's immediate feedback. So I give the ice cream to you, you taste the ice cream, you, you, I see you enjoying it. I see you having a, a conversation with your friend about the ice cream. We have a conversation about the ice cream sometimes. We make a connection. Mm-hmm. So that, that's why the company is called What is Real. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted that real connection with people. Now that I'm on the street actually serving it, it is real. It is real. The ingredients are real. The uh, amount of attention that I've paid to the ice cream is real. The love I put into the ice cream is real. The connection that I have serving it, that's real for me. Even if only for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. We have a connection over that ice cream. I really feel that. Mm -hmm. And there's not much I can do about uh, political situation, foreign affairs, domestic affairs. Not much I could do about that. But I can serve some ice cream that is beautiful and tasty and will hopefully begin a conversation. Mm-hmm. Begin a conversation. So I'll give you an example. Just two days ago, my first customers, this couple, of the first customers of the day, and they, I was serving the ice cream. They ordered something. I was scooping it. And they said, are you Iranian? I said, no, I'm originally from Israel. And the, the woman in this couple, I saw her face fall. Mm-hmm. She said, I'm a Palestinian. I said, okay, hopefully this ice cream will create some peace between us and start a conversation and a connection. And that was how we left it. Mm-hmm. And I really feel that that created some connection between us. And I, like nothing I can do about the peace process itself. Mm-hmm. Did you guys talk beyond that, or it was just sort of this fleeting moment? It was a fleeting moment, and I hope that she comes back and has some more ice cream, because mm-hmm. the, the ice cream was was good enough mm-hmm. for her tastes. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the thread through whether it's music teaching or serving ice cream is that it's creating this meaningful connection that's not based on rhetoric and not just based on kind of how we're perceived by society, but on, on like meaningful connection between two individual people and and remembering that there are other perspectives and experiences whether it's like a kid from new haven who has never really listened to classical music and never held a violin before and what is that experience and and i would imagine like when i think about that that trying not to bring a judgment in about like classical music is better than hip-hop or something but just like Mm -hmm. these are all different kinds of music and it's giving people an opportunity to have those experiences just like your ice cream is not necessarily better than Dairy Queen, right? It's different. Like it's there's different. a time for mm-hmm. Mr. Softy or a soft serve, and there's Mr. a time Softie. for what is real. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's important that like, that's what we lose sometimes in this really polarized political environment is remembering that there are other perspectives and, and being willing to have a conversation and listen. Um, not that we don't have our own opinions and perspectives, but but it's, you have to understand the whole complexity of things to, to be able to deal with, mm-hmm. make I, change. I think that the, the good food is a, is a conversation starter. Yeah. 
absolutely and a connection connection starter so if you can do it over ice cream i'm i'm, I'm just happening happen to do it over ice cream yeah yeah and ice cream makes people smile so right. i think that's a good like the joy that comes from ice cream is a good starting point. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so what's next for you with your business? Where where are you off to next? So I have a few events coming up tonight. Tonight, for instance, I'm going to be uh, vending outside the Eli Contemporary Art Museum okay. on, on Trumbull, Trumbull Street. And have another event in Westville in July and some other events um, throughout the year. I'm going to be doing some more collaborations with Ordinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing the griddled donuts, which are unbelievable. <laughs> you, have, you have to come out for those. Awesome. And doing some events at Black Hog, the Oxford Brewery. Which is also, also connected also to connected, Casey's. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Jason has been a tremendous mentor uh, for this this entire process. Yeah. I think without without Jason, there would not be what is real ice cream in its current form. Yeah. So this is Jason Sobosinski, who's the yes. owner of Casius. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, just wonderful. He's, I, I would show up for breakfast meetings and give him some ice creams to try and we yeah. talk about the business. And That's great. It's been ongoing for at least a year and a half or something. That's wonderful. So uh, I'll shout out to him. He can have as much ice cream as he wants for <laughs> himself throughout his entire lifetime. And just out on the street, building a reputation, uh, pl- getting it into people's minds that uh, I'm available for events yeah and would love to do more of them yeah so when people want to find you tell us again do you have a website or are they finding you through Facebook or you can do Facebook or Instagram and it's uh, what is real underscore ice cream great and I will put all your information up on the tableunderground.com so people can go there also and click through into finding you and some pictures of your delicious ice cream. Excellent, thank you. I think I snapped a few shots of you out on the street. Okay, great. Scooping. So, Netza, thank you for letting me taste your ice cream again and just welcoming me into your your space. It's so exciting to see you launching this new business. Thanks, Tegan. I really appreciate the support. Yes, always. enthusiasm. Yay, ice cream. Yay. Yay, Netza. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Netza. Thank you. You're listening to WNHH Community Radio 103.5 FM. You can hear more episodes, find recipes, photos, and more at thetableunderground.com or check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other podcasting sites. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening and check you next time.